Welcome to the Indie Experts Podcast, where we're unlocking all the secrets you need to know about writing, producing and publishing non-fiction books that really work hard for authors. Join Dixie and Anne as they help you navigate all the tricks, traps and the majestic tapestry of storytelling as a means of sharing your expertise to your market. About 18 years ago, when I did my very first book, I trekked on up to a conference uh, for the professional speakers industry in Auckland. And I had started my coaching training about a year or so earlier. And one of my coach trainers was this man named Lindsay Adams. And as I was sitting next to this other man in this conference training program that I was in with a lady called Patricia Fripp, who's an American woman who trains professional speakers. And she was here guesting at the, the conference. I, at the t- morning tea break, I ran into this person who said, oh, you should meet Lindsay. And Lindsay Adams, my, my coach trainer, happened to be there as well. So we both sat there and says, oh, I know you. I know you. And so therefore the friendship was established. And many years later, I've uh, had the privilege of knowing Lindsay Adams uh, as an amazing speaker. But he's also not just a great speaker on the topic of relationships and relationships in business. He's also been the past president of the Global Federation for the Professional Speakers Industry. Uh, He's a Nevin Award winner. And earlier this year, he was awarded an OAM for services to the speaking industry in Australia. So it's my absolute great pleasure to have Lindsay here this morning to talk to us a little bit more about what it is to be a speaker in relation to being an author, because not all speakers are authors and not all authors are speakers, but there is a very, very strong relationship between the two industries. And so we're going to chat a little bit about that this morning. So Lindsay, welcome. This is your first experience of what we're doing here and uh, really excited to have you. Um, So please tell us a little bit about your book first. Thanks, Dixie, and uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here and and to share with you guys. My book uh, is called The DNA of Business Relationships, and essentially I tell the story of how I built my house, the house I live in today. I I built myself with my 70-year-old apprentice, my dad. I built it by relationship. So everybody who came onto the site was either known to me or referred to me, Um, And so I had some kind of relationship with them, although there were a couple of exceptions. And uh, so what I do in the book is document um, how, how that unfolded and how, how to, how you can get into a relationship with someone quickly that you've only met for the first time. And so um, hands up for me, give me a wave. Who goes business networking? You know, you go out to to meet other people, give me a wave. Yep. Okay. Most people in the room, Um, Diana, very enthusiastic. Well done. Um, Uh, So, um, you know, we all go business networking, but how many of you have uh, had this this happen? You you meet someone for the first time, you say, hello, my name is. Uh, In pre-COVID days, we would shake hands. Some people are still shaking hands, I note. Um, I I was at a a large business expo recently and a number of people shook my hand. I was quite surprised. Um, Anyway, you'd shake hands, you'd say, my name is. And the next question typically would be, um, what do you do? And after that, you stare at the other person and there's the sound of crickets chirping in the background because you kind of go, what will I say next? And so in the book, I talk about how you open up a conversation, how you get that going and uh, how you take that conversation and turn it into business. 
Uh, and then I talk about a concept called the key four, which is um, unlocking the, the key to getting more referral, referrals for your business. So that's essentially my book. Uh, it's on Amazon if you're keen. Um, you know, drop me a note, send me a million dollars, I'll send you a copy. It's also on our um, uh, book experts, uh, experts book library as well, which we're all familiar with now as well. Um, the, the thing I want to ask you, Lindsay, is you wrote the book long time after you got into speaking. And some of our authors here today, are they've done their books first and then they're getting into speaking. And so while we know that there's a really close relationship, you did your um, book long time after you got into speaking. What brought you into the speaking industry to start with? Uh, wow. Gee, that's an interesting one. I spent 24 years in the public sector. I worked in the Australian Taxation Office for 18 years. I was an auditor uh, and I was a team leader in audit and I went on a manager development program, uh, really a nine-month program. Uh, we started off with a residential workshop at Bribe Island uh, for a week. Then we had a three-month work placement, action learning project. Then the, the second, we went to the Byron Bay Beach Resort for another week-long event. Then on to a different work placement for three months. Finally, uh, a week on Stradbroke Island. Tough gig, this, this, uh, this you know, manager development. Uh, and then another three-month work placement. Um, we had three different facilitators at those workshops. And the third facilitator, end of day one, says, okay, boys and girls, we're done. Dinner's at seven, see you at the bar. Lindsay, have you got a minute? And he called me over and he said, uh, what are you doing here? You're not like these people. And that question led to a three-hour conversation. And what that guy did, he held up a mirror for me and helped me understand I was in the wrong job. I'm not an auditor, I'm a people person. And it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. I got into, uh, into training in human resources and I spent the first 12 months training graduates. <clears throat> and then uh, from there, I branched out into more and more generalist HR stuff, left the tax office, went to Queensland Health, left Queensland Health, went to Brisbane City Council. And this guy was my mentor along the way. And, and I would meet with him frequently and say, you know, I want to do what you do. And uh, eventually it happened. Uh, in the year 2000, I left uh, Brisbane City Council, started my own business, but in 1998, I joined an organization called the National Speakers Association. And uh, that was kind of a, a catalyst for, for moving me towards where I am today. And so I had this dream of being um, a speaker. I had a coach. I did a coach training program with an organization called Coach U at the end of 1998, uh, 99. And I had a coach in September 99. She said to me, so, Lindsay, you've been mucking around with um, speaking, coaching, consulting. When are you going to get serious and do one of them? And, you know, don't you hate questions like that? Uh, so, anyway, um, I, I went back a week later and I said, okay, 1st of January 2000, I'm going to uh, uh, work permanent part-time. And I, uh, I worked three days a week for Brisbane City Council, two days a week for myself. By March, I knew that it was going to work. By May, work was getting in the way of business. And so I uh, handed in my resignation on the first available day in July in the new financial year in Australia, started my own business. And here I am 20-something years later. And so the catalyst was this guy holding up the mirror for me and then him mentoring me, uh, you know, and so I, and then this, the coach sort of challenging me. So I went to my first ever national speakers conference in the year 2000 in March in Canberra, our nation's capital. 
And I came home and said to my wife, I found my place. This is what I want to do. And so speaking and, um, you know, coaching, consulting is kind of what I do now. Um, the book, uh, a lot of my colleagues have written books. If you're a speaker, you know, they say, oh, you've got to have a book, got to have a book. So I got clever and I used the book as a speech or the speech where I can sell the book and they work off each other. Um, so, you know, that's a great formula for you guys to think about. So, so Lindsay, tell me about uh, the business of being a speaker because you've been a full-time professional speaker for a number of years, but that's not to say that you go out there and, I mean, I know you do have a high fee and you are very successful internationally as a speaker. So what is a reasonable expectation of the balance between being a speaker and all of the other things that go into support of that? For example, coaching and training. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so my, business, about the, the platform. my business yeah, would, be, would be made up as follows. It's speaking, you know, like speaking at a conference, standing at the front of the room on a platform, it'd be about 20% of my business. Um, there's a bit of a saying in our industry, um, keynote for show, seminar for dough. And so quite often you'll go and speak. And, and when I'm speaking, I'll always, uh, I have a speech, as I said, related to the book. Um, and so I, I have um, photos which I took during the construction. I talk about them. I tell funny stories um, and I, you know, I share the, the learnings that I got. And, of course, then I, I hold up the book and, and I always mention the book three times during the speech. Three times it gets in and, and people go, hmm, I really got to go check that book out. And so it's always available at the back of the room. I usually give one away. And, and or I might read something from the book during my presentation. So I'm book, book, book. Um, I'm promoting the book. And so at the end, the book's for sale. Um, so 20% speaking, um, probably, you know, 20% coaching and the rest would be training, consulting. Um, and so when I speak, um, people, you know, I sell the book, but people also come to me and say, you know, that's really interesting. Could, could you come do that for us in our organisation? And I go, yeah, sure, of course I can. And so, um, you know, I go in and do a one-day, two-day, whatever-day training program, consultancy, whatever, um, you know, sharing my uh, knowledge and expertise. So that's kind of the makeup. Um, and, you know, you can go out quite easily and speak um, as often as you like. And you can do this for free, um, and, and uh, what I've done with some clients is I've said, they say, oh, we don't have a budget uh, for speakers. And I go, oh, okay, no problem. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I've got a book. Um, I know you don't have a budget, but you must have a, a marketing budget. How about you buy a copy of your book for every delegate that comes along uh, to the speech? And so, you know, sell a book for 25 bucks. They cost me uh, $5 to print. Uh, so I make 20 bucks for every book. If there's 100 people in the room, suddenly I've earned some decent money. So there's different ways you can, you can go about it. So, Lindsay, how much do you think having a book actually means um, to the people that are booking you? Does, it, does having a book help you to specifically get work as a speaker? Absolutely. It, it cements you as an authority. Is that a term that you guys use, authority? Um, seriously, you've got to have a book. Um, I mean, you're all here, you're all authors or you're all, um, you know, uh, about to be or in the middle of, you know, creating a book or maybe books. Um, 
you really do have to have uh, a book. It cements you as an authority. And um, if you want to get work, what you can do is just post your book with a handwritten note to, um, you know, a high-flying executive. Let's pick someone in the room, Joe Hassan. Um, Dear Joe, high-flying executive from Pinkville, um, uh, I noticed that... um, Uh, you know, you run your business based on relationships. I've written a book about that. Um, Here's a copy. P.S. If you run an annual conference for your million staff, um, I I would love to speak at your event. And in fact, you don't even need to say, I'd love to speak at your event. You can just say, here's a copy of my book. Uh, And people will read it and then they'll get their PA because Joe's got a PA. She'll get Roy to call me, you know, book me in. Does it make a difference this year having COVID so that there's less and less face-to-face um, opportunities? Does it mean that um, there is still a lot of work out there for authors um, on topic? What's been your experience with that? Yeah, kill me now. <laughs> um, you know, my business just dried up overnight. Uh, people ran a mile initially. It is now, you know, people have got in back into the groove and they realise that life goes on. Um, and that, uh, that, so there are virtual events happening all around the world now. And the interesting thing is that now, now businesses understand they can do it virtually. They're not restricting themselves to the, uh, to their own continent or their own country. And so if I live in Brisbane, Australia. I could be considered for a job anywhere because it's virtual and I'm just beaming in via zoom or whatever, you know, online platform they choose to use. So um, events, face-to-face events are slowly coming back. Um, So, you know, human beings, here's an interesting thing. When 9-11 happened in America, they said, that's it, the conference industry is dead. And for a year or two, my, my speaker buddies over there really struggled. But you know what? It just came back stronger, bigger, better. Uh, In London, when they had the underground bombing, they said, that's it. There'll be no more public gatherings. Well, the very next day, people were back on the tube, a little nervous, but they refused to be, you know, a coward. Uh, And, you know, I believe that human beings will always want to rub shoulders with other human beings. So conferences will happen and it will take a little while for them to come back in the way they used to be. And, you know, they're already happening with, you know, chairs being placed six feet apart. I, our local chamber of commerce has restarted again, and uh, we now sit four to a table where they used to jam ten of us around that same table. Um, so you know, gatherings will happen. You just got to wait your turn. It was interesting talking with Rainer Petek. Um, he's one of our authors. Um, he's not here today, but um, talking to him the other day, he's in Germany, and he, although Germany is sort of theoretically kind of back in lockdown sort of mode. Uh, apparently that's about how they put it um so various countries in germany have kind of gone back into oh you know we're not doing much at the moment uh he's still traveling and has been all year traveling extensively between various european countries and cities and has had one of his busiest years ever as a professional speaker and um and trainer so uh you know as you say, it's not dead. Uh, there is still a lot happening. Uh, it's incredible. Cons- if I can just interrupt, Dixie, it's yeah. incredible that um, in Australia and New Zealand, our governments have taken this, we're going to lock you down, uh, you know, we're excluding the disease, the virus, the whatever. Uh, in, in Europe, 
you know, business is happening as usual. In I was talking to a very good friend of mine in the Netherlands the other day, and he said, oh, yeah, we get 3,000 cases a day. Nobody blinks an eyelid anymore. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just different. Yeah. It's, it's certainly interesting. Um, one of the things that has come out of this year, and we all have uh, free uh, membership with um, e-speakers as part of Indie Experts, and also if you're part of the Global Speakers Federation, you have that as well. So you, um, so one of the things that e-speakers was very, very early on taking a, a positive approach to was this concept of virtual certification so that you could be certified as a professional speaker, and they now have an entire uh, division within their website that specifically promotes virtually certified speakers. What's your view on that, Lindsay? Well, I was talking with Joe Heaps. I'm, I'm on the board of the Virtual Speakers Association, and the Virtual Speakers Association exists for um, people who don't have a, a home association in their country. So there are 16 professional speaking bodies around the world uh, and there are about 270 countries that don't have an association. So, so now we have a virtual association so that they can belong to that. Um, so I was talking to Joe because we, we've got our, you know, we're with them as well. Uh, and he said that the, the virtual speakers certification has been very popular. And um, I can see a place for it. So what they, what they really test for is to make sure that you've got adequate lighting and sound. They're not, they're not deciding whether you're a good speaker or not. Um, they're really making sure that you can present virtually so that you'll come across at the other end, be seen, be heard um, in, a, in a professional manner. And they've, they've been overwhelmed. They've just been going gangbusters selling their virtual uh, certification. And he said to me, um, I think they were charging 50 US. So I think it's gone up to 80. They make very little money out of it because it takes them an hour, hour and a half to actually go through the process um, However, he sees it as a service to everyone on eSpeakers. Other people are going, oh, you're just making money out of this. Well, you know, at, at 80, 80 bucks an hour, slim pickings, really. But anyway, so, you know, if you're thinking about it, do it. I, I would recommend it. Yeah. I know a number of people are getting a lot of work internationally from just having that certification. So um, I've been encouraging everyone to do that. Um, so going back to when you got into the speaking industry, um, when you are starting out, what is your, and I know you run a speaker's academy, so um, I just want to get you to talk about that a little bit. But, um, you know, how do you go from um, understanding the concept of public speaking to professional speaking and getting good and charging fees for, okay. for your expertise? So, so there's a couple of steps along the way. If you've never spoken before, um, go and join a Toastmasters club. Toastmasters is a great organization. And Toastmasters are amateurs. They do it for love. They just do it for the joy of speaking. However, they have great systems. Diana, you're giggling. What's that all about? Um, you can unmute. Because <laughs> not all Toastmasters are amateurs. No, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, you haven't, the vast majority are. So, no, no, no. Let me finish. Toastmasters are amateurs. They don't get paid for what they do. And they are an association for, for people who love speaking. Now, um, you can join a speakers association in Australia. It's called Professional Speakers Australia. In New Zealand, it's um, there's a, a change of PSANZ, Diana. Yes. Yeah, so it's Professional Speakers Association New Zealand. 
and then there's a whole bunch of other names. Now, people who join those associations, the members are usually um, speaking for a fee. So they're professional. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticising Toastmasters in any way, shape or form. Um, I, I, um, you know, it's a brilliant organisation for those who have no experience and they'll coach you, they'll teach you and they'll correct you and they'll count your ums and ahs and they'll count your, you know, I use the word so. Uh, that's my filler word. Uh, you know, guilty your worship. I'm, I'm guilty of doing all the things that you shouldn't do. Uh, however, as people still pay me. Oh, I don't know why. Uh, and so, so PSA is for uh, people who charge a fee. Now, when you join uh, a PSA, we assume that you already can speak. And so we, you know, we, we assume you've got a presentation or whatever. We don't actually coach you, teach you how to do that. We'll teach you how to make money, how to get your website zooming, how to, uh, how to stand on the platform, how to wave your arms about, how to tell funny stories, how to, you know, uh, turn a, a book into a, an income stream, all of that stuff, all the business stuff we'll, we'll talk about. Um, and I, I really attribute my success in business to my membership of national speakers or PSA as it's known today um, and the stuff that I've learned. And, you know, the story, the story that Dixie told at the start, standing beside a guy called Keith Abraham, uh, Keith was my mentor, today's my mate when I started out. And uh, that's the thing I love about the business. People are there so willing to help you out. Um, and Diana, nod your head. You'd agree with me, wouldn't you, about membership in PSA? People are so generous and, and willing to serve. Um, so in terms of what do you do when you start, get out and speak. Um, here's my challenge. If you're not already, go and speak for free every week for the next 52 weeks. Go to your local Rotary Club. Go to your local Lions Club. Go to your local Chamber of Commerce. Look up um, business associations who might be interested in your topic, your book, and offer to speak at their monthly meeting for free. Um, what, what this does, two things. It gives you experience. You get to, um, you make a statement and then someone laughs and you go, oh, that was funny. I'll do that again. Um, wow. And so, and then you tell a joke and nobody laughs and you think, oh, that didn't work. I won't do that again. So you get experience testing and, you know, uh, your speech. Um, you get you know, comfort and think about, think about when you learnt to drive a car, hands up, who drove, um, who learnt on a manual car when they learnt to drive? Okay, so most people. So can you remember that first time you sat in the driver's seat with your mum or dad beside you, foot on the clutch, hands on the steering wheel, maybe a hand on the gear stick, um, right foot on the accelerator pedal and you, you're lifting the clutch up and pushing down on the accelerator, wondering am I in the right gear? And then, you know, like, and then you finally get moving and then you have to change into second gear, third gear, and you've got to indicate and you're watching and like, it was all, uh, uh, uh. think about when you get in the car now, what do you do? You don't think of any of that. You just get in the car and drive. You talk on the phone, you yell at the kids, you argue with your husband, your wife, you know, driving is just nothing. And so you've done it so many times, it becomes easy. And if you go and speak every week for free for 52 weeks, by the end of it, speaking becomes so easy. It's just, you know, bring it on. And here's what happens. Somewhere along the line, someone is going to come out of the audience and go, you know, um, Diana, that was really interesting. Could you, could you come do that 
for us in our organisation? Do you know what? What do you charge? And Diana would say, well, of course I can, a million dollars. All right, maybe not that much. But can you see where I'm going? So get out there and speak. Just go and do it. Um, Now, what would you charge if someone said to me, what what do you charge? Well, here's a really interesting thing. Uh, In Australia and New Zealand, you can earn anywhere between, well, two and $10,000 for a speech at a conference. And uh, if you offer, if you ask or offer yourself at $2,000, they will know that you're a beginner. If you offer yourself at $10,000, in fact, um, you'd want to be pretty damn good. There's about, I reckon, five people in this country who are getting that sort of fee. And average would be somewhere between the five to seven mark. Uh, And so, and conference organisers are used to paying that sort of money, but they're used to getting value and professionalism for that sort of money. So you got to start somewhere, you know, you can charge a thousand bucks, whatever. Uh, Lindsay? Yeah. So if that conference was somewhere else, so if it was say, you know, we were going down to Sydney, yeah. would you, would they cover the cost of flights and accommodation on top of the thousand? Absolutely. And so now there's two ways you can do this. Um, usually what I do is say my fee is $7,000 uh, and that, Uh, plus airfares and accommodation. Now, I'm not a travel snob. I don't demand business class. I'll fly on the cheapest fare available, but I do fly Qantas because uh, Qantas have got me by the neck. Uh, I'm I'm in their frequent flyer program. I'm in the, I get access to the lounge, blah, blah, blah. If I fly Virgin, they go, who are you? And, uh, you know, they don't don't like me and I don't like them. Um, So that's my only specification. Um, Now, if I work in America... I offer a landed fee. So I'll say I'll do the speech for 10,000 US, but in that 10,000, now that's actually, you know, a lot more Australian, uh, but my airfare and stuff is folded into that fee because what happens if you uh, offer yourself in another country, particularly America, the first thing they're going to say or think to themselves is, oh, we, we won't hire this guy because he's going to want a business class airfare to fly here. That's going to be too expensive. Oh, you know. So if you take that bit out of the equation, it makes it so much easier. And get this, we, we should all just move to America. An average fee there is between ten dollars and $20,000. And they don't even blink. If you go below that, they know you're a beginner. So, uh, Joe, I haven't... Um ventured overseas for speaking yet, but I thought there were some issues around actually declaring speaking in America and there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors ah, involved because what of a what, good, what, what a good question. Feedback. What a good question. I've, just, I've, heard, I've, it's, I've observed um, you know, conversation threads in the PSA private group about what to put on your visa to go to America. I know that's not relevant now, but, but you're mentioning well, like, like we can go to America next week. If, if only we could. Um, uh, a virus free for every new traveller, I'm sure. Uh, interestingly, uh, I'm a member of a, a group called Cigar Peg. So it's a registered charity in, in the US and Cigar Peg runs alongside their annual convention each year. And so we had a uh, immigration law expert present at the group last year and he said, that if you own a proprietary limited company and your company is doing business with the US company, 
then you can enter and speak. Um, So now I've never tried that. I've spoken in America a couple of times. And when I get to the border, they say, what are you here for? And I say, I'm going to a conference. Now, I'm not lying technically. I just forgot to mention I was speaking at that conference. Now, I've only done this a couple of times. I would not recommend to anyone here that you do that. Um, You you take your own risk. Uh, But I was heartened to to hear this guy say that if it's between two proprietary limited companies or limited companies, as they call them in the US and in Australia, it's proprietary limited. Uh, If it's between company and company and you're simply an employee of the company, uh, then you can enter and speak. If you're going there to work, then that's a different story, okay? So if you're going to go there and get a job as a waitress or a waiter, um, not acceptable. Uh, so we're splitting hairs, I know. I've never tested the theory, but that's that's what I was told. So there you go. Thank the you. risk, of course, is being um, turned away at the border, and if you are booked to speak... Uh, you don't want to be the person who's turned away at the border because your visa entry issues are not quite up to standard. Correct. Um, and and parts I have, of Europe... Sorry, sorry go, Lindsay. I have had heard stories of people being uh, turned away at the border. Yeah. Um, Europe is um, significantly easier to get into for anything like that, as is Asia. But I think it's become fairly standard practice now among the international speaking community mm-hmm that if you are going to a conference, you're just saying that you're going to a conference if you're asked why you're there. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that has become just what, you know, what happens. You, you know what my standard line is when I get to the immigration desk, I say, I'm going to a conference and I'm bringing Australian dollars and I'm going to use them to spend in your economy. And the guy, I've done it numerous times and I get this great big grin and the guy goes, well, good for you. That's what we need. <laughs> Stamp. Stamps your passport and hands it back. That's fantastic. Um, when you are speaking internationally, um, what is the issue with taking and selling books at the back of the room? What have you yeah, found has happened? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one because, you know, lugging around a suitcase full of books for a start, how many can you take? Um, technically you have to declare, are you bringing product into the country? So there is actually a, you know, a form that you fill in. Um, so yeah, that, that's where it starts to get tricky. Uh, what I have done in the past is, uh, I take a spindle of CDs or DVD, you know, you can buy them a hundred at a time in those plastic packs. And then I buy a whole packet of, um, those little paper bags, you put them in. Uh, So I spoke at a conference and I had one DVD in a fully colored, you know, plastic slick, you know, the the proper presentation that you would get a DVD in. At the end of my presentation, I had three of them and I said, look, um, I wanted to bring something to share with you today. Uh, These are my products that I normally sell and I normally sell them for $99 or $199. I forget what I said. But I'm traveling with my wife and this is a true story. Debbie was at the back of the room and I said, I'm traveling with my wife. Oh, and actually she's at the back of the room and hi, Dale. And, and they all turned around and she waved and they waved. And I said, you know what it's like when you're traveling with your wife. We brought seven suitcases, but I was only allowed one. <laughs> and so, you know, straight afterwards, they're like, eh, eh, I hate you. I hate you. Anyway, I made a little joke at my wife's expense. Uh, and I said, but look, um, uh, you know, I really wanted to bring something to share with you. Uh, this is how it, I would normally present it. 
but today and today only, it's going to be like this. And I held up the plastic bag with the, with the one DVD in and I said, look, I couldn't charge the normal price. So today, today only, cash only, 20 bucks. We got to the back of the room. We were swamped. People just thrusting money at us. Um, it, it, was, it was wonderfully embarrassing. Uh, you know, Debbie had a wad of 20s in a hand like that. And I said, put them in your pocket. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it was just one of those crazy uh, events, you know. So there's kind of ways around it. You could put your book onto a, you know, onto a CD or a DVD. Uh, or, um, or I see people use, using USB sticks. You know, they sell them these days. So um, one of our speakers, Lindsay, uh, has a box of books um, printed in the US and she has a place where she picks them up. Yeah, yeah, that's another way to do it, yeah. Yeah, or you can yeah. do an order. You might be able to do an order and have it sent directly to them. In mm. fact, printing in the US is way cheaper than it is here. You can get books made for ridiculous amounts of money, like two bucks for a, you know, mm. a 200-page book. It's ridiculous. I, you know, I'm staggered at the, their costs um, compared to ours. Yeah. Um, so on the um, website um, in the VIP area, et cetera, you guys will all have seen, and I've talked to many of you about this as well. Oh, actually, I've got a question I need to ask for David in a moment. Hang on, sorry, I'll just come back to that. Um, you will have seen that there is a marketing map. Um, so what I encourage everyone to do, I mean, the end of the year is a great time to do this, but go in and grab your, your marketing map and really sit there and think about where can your speaking opportunities be um, coming into the new year? Where can they be that you might charge uh, the free ones? Um, and then at the same time, just go ahead and, and review where you're at with all of your things like um, your website, your what your speaker's profile looks like and all those sort of things. Um, Ali's been busy putting um, all of your uh, e-speakers profiles together. If you haven't got yours yet, then we're still working through getting all of those done. Um, we've also, so this is a really powerful tool to use at the end of the year because you really want to be a continued thought, uh, a continued point of reference for the, the industry that you serve. Um, so this is a powerful tool to use. And don't forget the power of putting things like your e-speakers or your um, uh, speaker profile link on the bottom of your email address. So for example, what have I got here? I've got on my email signature, check out Dixie's speaker profile. Um, and that goes straight to my speaker profile on one of the programs that also shows, uh, you know, my speaker reel, uh, reviews, um, you know, what I speak about, what my programs are, all that sort of thing. So putting that out there and making it clear that this is what you do. So, for example, putting your book reference on the bottom of your email signature is really important, but also making sure that you've got your speaker profile developed to the point that you can say, this is what I do. I'm available to present at whatever your event is. And that's an easy way of making sure that people know what you do. Have, have you noticed a shift in where you are presenting, doing something virtually where people are still wanting your product or how you can then get your product out to people? So here, here's a really interesting thing. If you do a good enough speech, people want to take a little piece of you home with them. So if, if it's a face-to-face -face event, it's a whole lot easier. You've got a pile of books at the back of the room and, uh, you know, people want to buy and uh, you, you engage with them and, you know, they might buy a book. It's a, lot, it's a lot harder on a Zoom call. So you can just say, like I did, are my books available on Amazon? Um, or you could say something like this. 
I've got my uh, my book available, and um, I've got a special on today. Actually, uh, it's normally twenty seven fifty, but today it's twenty bucks. If you're interested, um, drop your email in the chat box, and I will uh, I'll email you and you know make get get you a copy, um, or I'll send you a link for the purchase, or or I'll blah blah blah. You know, so if you actually make an offer and ask them to drop something in the chat box. Now you've got to, if you're presenting, this is where it gets tricky. Uh, you've got to have somebody working with you to grab that information because the minute the Zoom calls over, it's gone, okay? Unless you're the, the organiser of the meeting and they've recorded it. Or maybe you could say, hey, Dixie, you're recording the meeting because all the chat gets recorded uh, and transcribed with the meeting, depending on what version of Zoom you've got. Uh, and also be aware that if you chat privately, that can also be recorded. So if you write, Dixie looks particularly ugly today and she owns the call, that could well be recorded and she may well read that afterward. Of course, we would never type that, would we? No. <laughs> no, Lindsay would just say it to my face. <laughs> Correct. Um, You're looking particularly glamorous today, Dixie. Thank you, Lindsay. Good I'll recovery. I'll get glasses later, then I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Diana, yeah, I didn't actually, to be honest, I've never really thought about the fact that the chat is recorded as well. Um, so yep, it's always you can good get a transcript. Know. Yeah, yeah, very good. So, again, as you were saying before, one of the biggest, most po um, powerful things to do is to just keep practising. Um, and hold, find I gotta, I've got to put power into my Mac or I'm going to die. Excuse me one tick. So practicing is such an important part. Now, I want to just very quickly show you something else that we've just um, discovered this week. And that is that there are, there's an organization that we've just come across called Atalfi. So which another tip for you. Oh, sorry. Your computer is fully charged before you start speaking. <laughs> I just got a warning saying, your, your machine is about to shut down. Oops, that'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Oops. Um, so I was just talking about um, things like e-speakers and a Telfi. Um, Lindsay, I don't know if you've even come across a Telfi yet, but we've just been alerted to it this week. And I just want to very, very briefly show you a screenshot of um, what a Telfi looks like because it's got a very good system for... Actually, Ali, can you just talk a little bit about it for a moment and a little bit about the e-speakers uh, updates that we're doing? Yes, well, so um, Atalfi a is quite similar to eSpeakers. So it's basically, think of it like a, a marketplace where you would all be speakers and then there's also a section for conference organisers. And so it's like you would have a profile and say you want someone to speak, you need someone to speak at a conference, you can basically sort through the profiles and work out what what speakers would be best for certain topics and what people are experts on. And Atalfi is quite similar to that. So there's, um, it's, Atalfi seems more, more positioned towards the, um, the event organizer perspective. So for most of the, um, most of the profiles, there is a, a paid version as both a speaker and an organizer, but predominantly it's only paid for by event organizers, which is yeah. quite good. So one, one of the things, so I went through quickly yesterday um, and put a profile up and this is what, because I think it looks pretty good, 
Um, and I think in some ways it's more attractive than what um, some of what the e-speakers things uh, look like. I've added this to my link on my email signature, but it shows you what it shows anyone at a glance what your um, specialty topics are, how to get you on social media, and you can profile your videos and your books and very, very quickly make it clear that this is what you speak about. And it's really, like, it's very attractive. It's very easy to put together. You know, you can show quickly also what you are available for. You know, at a glance, anyone can see what you do. Now, the other really vital thing is, is that with either of these kind of programs, so anyway, sorry, it is free. So at the moment, you can go on there, and I'm going to put the link onto the, the website today. It's free and worth having a good poke around and a look about because um, you can also uh, get people to go in and um, review you and post, you know, really good comments about you and all that sort of thing. But one of the most important things that we can all do is go into eSpeakers or Atalfi and look at what other authors are working on in terms of what our own subject area is. Find out who you're competing against, what sort of fees they're charging, where they are, where they travel to. So, for example, I was looking up auditing the other day for Kathy, and there's only two people listed in eSpeakers who speak on auditing or the business of auditing. And what they speak about is quite different than what Kathy would speak about. Sorry, there's only two speakers in Australasia who are listed as auditing speakers. There's quite a few in, in America, but only mm. two in this area. So that puts Kathy immediately into a really good position to position herself as a speaker about the auditing industry because there's no one else that can touch her in that area. But having an idea of who else is out there and who you're competing against and what they charge is really powerful for you guys. Um, you can also use it to, as a really good example of how do I create my program? What sort of programs am I offering? Am I doing keynotes? Am I doing, um, you know, what is the takeaway for, uh, for the audience? So every time you, we go into eSpeakers and we have a look at what we're doing when we're setting up your own profiles, we're then telling you to go back in and have a look at, well, how can you make this more powerful? And the templates that they've got in these programs are a really good way of saying, okay, let's have a good look at what this is look, what this is like, how we, you know, how we make ourselves as good and as attractive as possible for as wide a market as possible beyond our book. Obviously, you know, whether we're coaches, um, keynoters, trainers, breakout room, workshop presenters, whatever we want to be, this is where you start to really get the, the clarity around what you're offering beyond the book. If I can just, just add another, another good way to, to look at it, there might be hundreds of speakers on, on your particular topic, but if you think about what is your audience going to leave with? And so usually that's always different for each person. And so that's sort of a good way of thinking about it. How am I different? What, what are they going to leave with from my presentation that's different to Dixie's presentation or Lindsay's? That's sort of a really simple way of sort of separating it for yourself as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Ellie, you're, you're spot on. And, you know, that's why we put so much effort into at the beginning of your book, what is your call to action going to be? So sending people to um, the, the landing page that you have for your book that says, well, hey, thanks very much for being here. Uh, this is where you can get the, the free download of the sample chapter. This is where you can get the information about my workshops. So every time I've ever spoken anywhere, I've always gone and made a specific page for that company and said, hey, if you go to my website forward slash 
um, Torbins, um, whatever, uh, this is where you will get the extra information about uh, what, you know, the recording from my slides, uh, the uh, information about what you can do to now get more from me. Here's my book um, links. Uh, this is what you can do if you want to leave me a review, all that sort of stuff. So you always have something that, you know, you do a forward slash. This is available for one week only, for example. And, and that's a really good, powerful way of making sure that you also encourage the uh, the members of your audience to engage with you further. So one of the things I learned from Keith Abraham was a, it's a really good tool to say, once, once we've done the presentation, then I'm going to do a follow-up webinar for you guys, you know, next week, because, you know, hey, statistics say that 75% uh, of what I say here today or everything that you learn at this conference will be lost within a week. So I'm going to do a follow-up at the end of this um, this event, you can uh, click on the link for my website, uh, your page after my event, and you can get the link to where I'm going to be doing this web webinar to follow through on what I've been saying today. And that also has where your book is, uh, what your other things are. You might want to get them to sign up for the webinar or if they're registering for the webinar, you've got their details to then remarket to them. So there's lots of ways you can also get them hooked into what you want to do in terms of remarketing to them beyond that always keeping in mind of course that you're trying to give them value not just sell 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 to them um, so that's a really powerful way of engaging beyond just the one presentation and getting that repeat work potentially Lindsay can you talk just very briefly about the speaker academy the the oh yeah the sure <clears throat> so uh, in in Brisbane Australia I have a little group called uh, Queensland Speakers Academy uh, and we meet traditionally on the third Tuesday of every month at 4.30pm in the afternoon. And the group is designed to uh, help people who wish to join PSA, Professional Speakers Australia. So to become a member of Professional Speakers Australia, you need to be a working professional speaker and you have to earn uh, $50,000 in one uh, year prior to your application. And that it can be at any time during the year. It's not a calendar year. It's not a financial year. It's just in the, in the 12 months prior. And so um, <clears throat> we used to have all of these people as affiliate members of our association. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, it was a decision was taken that they would no longer be members. And so they were cut adrift and set off into the wilderness. And I said to our national board, what are we doing about these people? And they said, nothing. They're no longer members. And I said, well, surely we should embrace them somehow. They're our feeder group. And they went, no, no, we're not doing that. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, bugger this, I am. And so I created this uh, Speakers Academy um, with the sole purpose of helping people become members of our association. Um, at the minute, the meetings are free. When we go face-to-face, -face, it costs 20 bucks to get in the room, and that 20 bucks simply covers the room hire. So it's not a money-making venture for anyone. Um, it's simply service to emerging speakers. So if you're at all interested in learning tips, tools, ideas, um, would, would happily include you in that group. At the moment, we have the best speakers from all around the world. I'm heavily networked in the industry around the world. So uh, last Tuesday, we had a guy called Paul Dutois come in from Johannesburg and talked about, um, you know, fears of speaking and what, you know, what are your fears and how to overcome them. Prior to that, we had a guy called Alan Stevens speak. Um, Alan is known as a media coach around the world, and uh, he he talked about you know um, your your presence and your reputation. 
Uh, we've had all sorts of speakers talk about all sorts of stuff, which is all relevant if you want to make a niche for yourself in the industry. So if you want to do that, I'm going to um, drop my, my email in the chat box here and it's complicated. It's lindsay at lindsayadams.com. Um, so there you go. It's in the chat box. If, you, if you're at all interested, drop me uh, an email and I'll invite you to join the group. We've got a little private group going on Facebook and, you know, that, that's how we notify you of what's coming next and so on. Um, it, it's, uh, we've got about 50 people in the group at the minute. Not so many are showing up at the face-to-face -face meetings. I think, I think some have gone, oh, my goodness, this is too hard, you know, with COVID and all of that. And I know a couple of uh, people have gone and got a job, um, sadly. Um, but such is life. Anyway, we have uh, an eclectic group of speakers. The meetings last for an hour, cost you nothing. Um, happy days. So you're welcome to attend. And because they're on Zoom, you can go in from anywhere in the world or anywhere in Australia. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I've attended a few of them. And they're really interesting because you get to hear what a, um, what a professional speaker's view of certain parts of the industry are all about and most of these guys are authors most of them have been in the speaking industry for a really long time as I say as Lindsay said he's very well networked um, internationally with some of the top guns these are the guys that are charging the big bucks and are you know fully immersed as being professional speakers not uh, people who speak sort of a couple of times you know a year on the side while they're doing other things so um, yeah some great valuable wisdom that comes out of those those sessions and free well you know the the other thing is you got my email address if if there's something you think of later and you want to ask me please just drop me an email I'm more than happy to help out you know um i love i love dixie and uh, and this group and um uh, you know would love to support you guys in any way i can um you know when i started out in the industry uh keith abraham and, and a couple of other people put their arm around my shoulder and guided me on the journey and, um, and, and I'm more than happy to return that favour to anyone, you know, because we all, we all got to start somewhere and, uh, you know, more than happy to share. Uh, if you pester me, then it'll, it'll turn into a coaching relationship and I'll ask you for money, <laughs> but I'm happy to answer a couple of questions. I'm warning you now, okay? <laughs> Very cool. Um, Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been really valuable hearing what you've had to say today. And uh, I know we've all got a lot out of it. I've even picked up a couple of really cool tips. Um, particularly, I love the concept of keynote for show, seminar for seminar dough. For dough. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, just one quick last question. Are you developing a online program as part of uh, your work around uh, what you yeah, do? Yeah, actually, book? you know, there's something I, I was going to mention. Think about when, when you write a book, that's, that's one product. Now, what else can you do with that book? So you, you should really have an online training program that that's, falls out of your book. And so uh, I was talking with a mate in India the other day, and he said he, he, he's a prolific author. He's already written seven books during COVID. Uh, and and they're, not, you know, they're not pamphlets, they're books. Anyway, um, he's a prolific book writer and every book he writes, he has an online course. And here's how it works. The course has five modules and every module has five five-minute videos. And all he does um, is talk to camera. So he sets up his Zoom and records himself on Zoom uh, and then downloads that, edits it, 
uh, and every five-minute video, um, you're right there, Tanya, every five-minute video has a worksheet or, or each module has a work booklet or something, okay? So it's really simple. Now, that's so you've got a book, you've got an online program, or well, what else could you do? Well, you could offer, offer a coaching program. You don't obviously have a speech. Um, what else could you do? You could have um, other, other products. So uh, I am working on a card set at the moment. Um, so a bunch of tip cards. Um, you could have um, a series of uh, postcards which relate to your book. Um, I've had um, some DL size postcards made up and on the front they have a, a really good photo or picture or something interesting with a bit of a business saying. And on the back, if I, if I engage with someone, I'll do a little handwritten note. Um, uh, Hi, Dixie. Um, so nice to, uh, you know, uh, spend time with you. Looking forward to working together. Kind regards, Lindsay. Stick in an envelope, post it to her. If it's the interesting photo, they'll actually stick it up on their wall. If it's got your branding on it, so much the better. Um, so think about the different ways you can slice and dice your product. Came across a great idea yesterday. Um, one of our authors has just done this, um, taken his book, which is a beautiful book anyway, taken, um, taken some time to uh, get a hardcover, extremely high, glossy, beautiful version of it, um, a number of those printed out and a beautiful package that goes that it goes into. And then he's sending that to um, some of his significant stakeholders, past clients, existing clients, and a couple of really hot prospects. Um, now, if he can't get a couple of million dollar contracts out of that, I'll be really surprised because the, the ability to do that as you lead up to Christmas and say, hey, you know, like, for example, Kathy's book, um, you know, doing something really beautiful with that as a means of saying, hey, I want your attention. I'm not just sending you a book. Um, I'm going to send you something that's got, you know, a couple of extra things like, you know, for example, a bit of a, you know, widget or a pen or a something for your existing great clients and say, hey, don't know if you knew this, but put out a book this year, um, ready to, you know, I've given you a, a, a VIP version of this. It's, you know, hardcover or it's printed extra specially or whatever. Um, and there's a couple of extra things in here and a card. Uh, really looking forward to maybe we can do something else uh, coming up into the new year. Brilliant way of getting people's attention. And, it's, and it stands out as being not just sending a book. I came originally, before I got onto the speaking and coaching and in the in publishing industry, I came out of the prof, uh, promotional products industry. Um, in fact, that was my first book was the, promo, the Power of Promotional Products. So I've been all over that part of um, how to do good um, you know, getting attention from people um, with the mail outs uh, for, for a number of years. And there's some really clever things you can do. And, you know, going and having a look at what your pro promotional products company has to offer these days, your local, you know, widget and gadget company, seeing what they've got that might fit with your book as a gift that goes with your book that doesn't make it expensive, that just says, hey, you know, you, the whoever did, you know, my review or whatever, please take a minute to also, you know, get a photo of yourself opening up this little package or, you know, appreciating this book or whatever and send it to me. You can then send, put that photo on your social media and say, hey, you know, uh, Tanya McQueen just got a copy of my book and the thing that I sent with it and this is really cool and, you know, having a really good time marketing my book at the moment. What are you guys doing in 2021? 
So there's lots of ways you can, you know, play around with cool ideas that go with your book. So your promotional products industry is a really good um, resource for good ideas on how to do that sort of thing, especially coming up to Christmas. Yep. Go hey, up. thanks. We need to wrap this up anyway. Wonderful to see you. Thank you, Lindsay. Much appreciated. Thanks, everyone, for being here. This will be on. Thank you, uh, Lindsay. Shortly. Pleasure. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Hey, thanks, everyone. Well, that's one more flag on the map clearly identified. For extra author resources to make your journey even more enjoyable and stress-free, visit www.indieexperts.com.au. You can locate us on all our social media platforms by just searching for Indie Experts. Join Dixie and Anne next time for more navigating the journey of sharing expertise through publishing books that work harder.